Today on the show, we are bringing on the all-time leading rusher at Montana State University. You do not want to miss this. Our guest is going to be breaking down some life lessons that he learned through the sport of football, and he's going to be telling us how he's helping athletes and former athletes today on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time This is the Game Time Guru podcast, where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What is up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I'll say it again, four years running, 88 different countries. We've reached over 60,000 downloads, and it's all because of the listeners. We want to say thank you to everyone who has subscribed, who shared the content, anyone who's been on the show, anyone who's left a review of the show, anybody who has supported the show. We want to say thank you so much. It's uh, been it's been quite the journey, um, but I'm, I'm super grateful for everybody who has uh, been part of that journey. And got to give a shout out to the sponsors of the show, 208 Printing. They are local here in Idaho, but they can help you wherever you're located in the country. 208 Printing, they get me taken care of with all my merch, all my swag. If you guys have a business, a brand, whatever it is that you want to represent, whether it be clothing, anything printed for that matter, you want to be a walking billboard, it doesn't matter. Um, They can get you taken care of over at madeby208.com. If you guys go there, I'll put the link here in the description. Our guys, 208 Printing here in Meridian, Idaho are awesome, and they'll take care of you if you guys need anything taken care of. So. Without further ado, we want to introduce today's guest. I mean, this is a perfect guest for the show because y'all know that I I love bringing people on that have unique stories in the sports world, uh, stories that uh, share what they've learned through sports and how it's taken them, you know, outside of sports, taking them on through their lives. And and today we're going to be talking to a former college running back. His name is Ryan Johnson, Dr. Ryan Johnson, if you will. Um, And we're going to get to know his story. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining the show. You're welcome, man. This is my pleasure. I'm excited. Uh, this is going to be super, super cool. So Ryan, let's, let's, uh, okay. We're, we're going to touch base on this doctor title that we have here, but let's, let's rewind a little bit, go back in time. Uh, when you were younger, before you got to the the collegiate level of, of football, talk to us about your, your infatuation with sports. Did you play multiple sports as a kid growing up? Did that, is that something that ran in the family? Cause obviously we know you were athletic, but let's, before we even get to that, talk to us about your upbringing in regards to the sports world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've I've just had a passion for sports as long as I can remember. I'm sure my dad instilled that in me. I see some photos of myself where he was handing me a football when I was literally in the crib, probably a few days old. And, you know, he really instilled that in me. He was uh, just an athlete in in high school and uh, he didn't play in college. Um, His older brother uh, played collegiate football as a running back. Um, But uh, he just had a passion for sports and he got that into me. And um, then my sister, my older sister, she uh, was about 12 years older than me. So I was a little five, six year old at the time. And and her boyfriend was a big Samoan guy. And he was an incredible athlete. He had scholarship offers, a lot of D1 schools. And he went and played um, at Idaho State, actually. He turned down a few, few Division One schools because he wanted to play with his older brother on the same team at Idaho State. 
And this is right when they were coming out of the national championship of 1981, a few years later. And so, uh, so he went and played there. He was an all American and I just really looked up to him and I wanted to be like him and I wanted to follow in his footsteps. So I, I, I saw what he was able to accomplish and he went on and he got, he uh, got picked up by the Los Angeles Rams and then he got sent over to the uh, NFL Europe, uh, the world football league at the time came back, decided he wanted to just start, start the rest of his life. And so he, he didn't end up continuing to play professionally, but uh, that was, uh, you know, where it all started for me. I saw what they were doing and I had some athletic success myself when I was pretty young and, you know, it feels good to, to get, to have success and be, be uh, cheered on by other people. And so you want to experience more of that. And so, uh, yeah, I played multiple sports. Uh, pretty much anything that I could, I could get my hands on, you know, I did you know, the baseball and the soccer, the typical things, but then as quickly as I could transitioned into football and also did basketball. And uh, when I got to high school, I just, I, I, I put away the things that I wasn't very good at. And I just focused in on what I was good at. And that was football and basketball. So that's a little bit of a, a quick backstory for you. I love that. So it, that's an interesting topic, though. You did you played multiple sports kind of as a kid. A lot of kids do that. What age, though, you said in high school, was it like your freshman, sophomore year when you decided that you were going to kind of hone in on one or two of those? What age was that exactly? Yeah, yeah, that was my freshman year. So I, I stopped baseball after eighth grade and, and then just decided to focus focus in on the on football and basketball at that point. And interestingly, uh, even though football was what I was best at, um, I was on the I was on the varsity, you know, led three years in varsity for basketball, four years in football, and our basketball team was incredible. We had the the all time winningest coach in Colorado high school basketball history was my coach, and uh, I was the only guy who played multiple sports on the entire basketball team. Our basketball coach was like he wanted pretty much everyone to focus on one sport, and that was only basketball, and that's what our school was great at. Uh, but he let me you know, be one of those guys that, that, that did both. But, uh, but yeah, we won a lot of games in basketball and got to play at the Denver Nuggets arena in, in the, uh, the quarterfinals one year, uh, the state championships. And, uh, but in football, we were awful. We were absolutely yeah. awful. I think I, I won five games in, in my sophomore, junior and senior year total <laughs> in three, in three years, we went two and eight, and then we went one and nine, and then we went two and eight. And so uh, I loved football, but I loved the winning of basketball. Uh, so, yeah, I, I enjoy doing both. That is interesting, though, because there are a lot of high school athletes and, and high schools, for that matter, that, you know, one sport is more dominant over another. And a lot of players, they, they, they're multi-sport athletes. They play in, <laughs> on multiple teams. That That's very interesting. I'm curious, though, like, First question I had as a follow-up was what what was the biggest learning tool that you took from your coach in basketball? Since this is a side note, like basketball, you have a solid coach. What was one of the, the biggest things you learned from him uh playing under him for those three years on varsity, you said? Yeah. He he was he was amazing at at really treating us like young men and and really preparing us for the next phase of our life after high school. I mean, we had these mental preparation meetings before every practice where it might just be 10, 15 minutes where we would go into a separate classroom. He had a binder for every one of us. We were doing a lot of uh, mental, personal growth um, and, and reflection. And he would, he would, he had the motivational quotes that he'd be providing us every day to focus on. And uh, the, the thing that I remember most from him was 
um, plastered across everything was this saying at your attitude and your hard work are your only guarantees. And that sticks with me. That, that really stuck with me through football and through all of life. I know those are the things that I can control. I can't control everything that happens to me in life and uh, how people treat me or respond to what I do or don't do, but I can control my mental state. I can tr control my attitude and I control what I do on a daily basis with the effort that I put in. And so he, he was incredible. He, he looked exactly like, uh, uh, what's his name? Pat Riley. Okay. Looked exactly like him. He was like his idol. I mean, he had Pat Riley, you know, photos and signed things all over his, all over his office. And, and he had his hair slicked back, he had the same, same hairstyle. And it just everything he did, he wanted to, you could tell that was, that, that was who he wanted to emulate. And, uh, but he was just, he's just an incredible guy. And he has made a really an indelible, you know, imprint on my life. That is so awesome. Oh man, that's super cool. I like to hear like when you're, when you have like a mentor or a coach like that growing up, like some of them have a bigger impact than others. Obviously I would imagine he did have a major impact with some of those. That's a super good point there. Now, Ryan, you had the best of both worlds with sports. You just mentioned you, you won a lot in basketball. You won very little in, in football. Um, talk to us about that though. How did you go about your day in football? That's something that I would love for like the, these athletes that are growing up, you know, coming through the system. Um, that might be in similar situations. Maybe they're not in the, the winningest program. Um, how did you go about your day-to-day -day in high school doing that on the field? Not always winning um, when you're used to winning for basketball, but you're not doing it in football. How do you go and control your attitude and keep a positive mindset day in and day out when you're when you're losing games every single week? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. I had a lot of success at a young age in football. And, and then when I got to high school, I started running into some challenges, started running into some frustrations. Uh, one, I was always a quarterback. And when they realized after my freshman year that I, I couldn't throw the ball very well, they said, this might not be the right position for you. So, so they moved me to running back. So I usually I'd go back, look for one second. I just run with the ball most of the time because I knew I didn't trust my arm. I knew I couldn't throw. And so they moved my, my whole position that I played my entire life over to running back. And, and then I was going to start that next year as a sophomore on the big 5A school, you know, in, 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 uh, in our town, Fort Collins, Colorado. And, and so it was a big deal because usually sophomores aren't going to start. It was my first year playing running back and they were going to start me. And uh, that might not be saying a lot because we were pretty horrible. But <laughs> <laughs> they were going to start me anyways at a pretty young age in a position I hadn't really ever played. And uh, I had a good game, first game, second game, snapped my ankle. Ooh. And I had to go get, get screws put into my ankle. And uh, it was it was it was really frustrating because um, my goal was really to go play in college. And I'm like, this is a big time setback. Uh, but my goal was to get back that year. And so this was the second game in. You only have like 10 games. And uh, I got back. I got back with two games to spare. So I, I played in the last two games with the screws in my ankle. Some of the worst pain in my life. I think it was taking like eight ibuprofen before every game, uh, taping it up over and over again as much as I could um, to be able to play in those games. But that was like the challenge that I put in front of myself. I've always challenged myself uh, to, to, to try to overcome, you know, obstacles or adversities and, and just see what I can do. I like to test myself and, uh, and, and, and see what my limits are, see what my potential is. And so when you ask, you know, how could you continue to show up when you're losing? Uh, it's just something that I've, I've, I've done my entire life, as long as I can remember, is, um, you know, even if the, even if the team isn't going to 
be successful or I'm going to have an injury, I'm just going to control what I can control, which is my attitude and my hard work. And I'm going to put everything I can in, give myself a, a test, see if I can pass it and, uh, and, and keep moving forward, put one foot in front of the other on a daily basis. Um, then when it comes to the, the losses, I think that year we went two and eight. Uh, next year, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good year. My ankle, my ankle's healed up, going to the season. And next thing you know, they're going to make me trade time with the senior running back. And I'm like, okay, this isn't, I want to play in college and I'm trading time as a junior with another guy. And so that was, that was pretty frustrating. Um, and I wasn't seeing eye to eye with my head coach and, and, and I, I got to play, didn't have a great season. I did start on defense and I wasn't the great, greatest defender. Uh, but after the year, I'm like, okay, I got one year left. We just went one and nine. I was trading time at the position I, I think is my best position that I could play, probably play in college. I have one last chance to make this thing happen, to get to my dream of, of being a college uh, football player. And in the off season, I strongly considered transferring to Denver and actually living with uh, one of my friends who had moved from Fort Collins down to Denver, who was playing at another school. And uh, believe it or not, the quarterback at that school was Joel Clatt. Oh, wow. Know Joel, right? He was oh, the quarterback right. <laughs> at Pomona High School in Denver. And so that's where I was going to go. And I'm like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to play running back because I wasn't seeing eye to eye with my, with my head coach. And uh, but we had a sit down talk and I, I kind of told him my frustrations and got it all out in the air. And and uh, he encouraged me, hey, just just come back. Let's make it work here. Um, I think you're going to have a great year. And um, and just stick around. It'll be worth it. And so I said, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go live in Denver. Go to another high school for my senior year. I'm gonna stay here and uh, see what see what can happen. And uh, thankfully, I had a healthy year for the most part. Um, missed one game, but uh, I was able to have a successful enough of a year where I started getting some looks. Hey man, so so this is this is something that's interesting to me, Ryan. Especially younger athletes in high school. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, mental grind that goes along with high school athletics. Um, you mentioned a few things that stood out to me. One, injuries. You know, obviously that's a big thing. And some sometimes people don't realize what an injury can do to you, especially a drastic one like that when you have to have it surgically repaired and go through rehab. That's a mental grind as much as it is a physical grind. Secondly, you were talking about your coach. So you, you have to deal with the losses. Then you have to deal with competition with trading time with another player. Then you got your coach. Like some, You're not going to see eye to eye with your coaches all the time. And that's something that I think that sports have taught taught me a lot. Um, you, you're not always going to see eye to eye. Not it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. Even when you're winning, it does. It's not always that way. Sometimes there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that are. It's a mental grind for, for athletes. But I, what I love about it is the attitude and the hard work of those things that you can control. And if you put your effort and your heart into those two things specifically, and always give it your all. And I love how you said that you do. You know, you cr create challenges for yourself. Always challenging yourself um, for testing and proving things to yourself. Um, can continue to get better. Ultimately, it led you to the next level of football. You know, coming out of high school, how many, where, where, where were you having offers? Where were the eyes on, like what schools had eyes on you, I should say? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, um, I wasn't getting recruited at all until my senior year. And I started having some big games. And uh, so it took, took notice, especially of our local school, Colorado State University, CSU in Fort Collins. And and so they started bringing me in to their games. That was they were, you know, bringing me into the locker room during before the games and at halftime and after the games. And they were, you know, get, getting us tickets to the games and bringing us to their their events. And so I was all excited. I was like, I've been watching them, you know, growing up. I was like, how amazing to play 
for the Rams, literally like a few miles down the road from my house. And so I'm like, this is, this is where I'm going to go. Like th- these guys are going to recruit me. This is where I'm going to go. And it was looking like it was going to go that way. Uh, but turns out they had nine running backs returning the next year. Wow. And they were all really good. Some of them went to the pros. A few of them went to the pros. And, and so I uh, realized this might not actually turn out the way I think it's going to. And, turn, and, and, and they ended up only recruiting 11 players that year. It was like the lowest year ever. They gave 11 scholarships that year. Wow. And they're like, gosh, we really want you, but we don't have a full scholarship for a running back. Our scholarship is going to linemen. They're going to these other defense, other positions. And we're already stacked at running back. Could you come play another position? Or, you know, you could come in and we can uh, have you be a preferred walk-on and, and do that. And uh, I was like, no, no. <laughs> I want to go somewhere where I know I can start, where I know that I'm going to get a lot of playing time, and I'm going to have a full scholarship and get my, my entire college paid for. And so I started getting some other schools that were also taking a look. Um, Boise State. In fact, uh, they offered me a full scholarship. So that was um, back in the day. Houston Nutt was the yeah. was the coach, and then he was recruiting me. And then next thing I know, he gets the job at Arkansas during that year, nineteen ninety seven, fall ninety seven. And so then Dirk Cutter comes in, and he picks up the recruits that were left over, and then he starts recruiting me. Brings me out on a visit. Dad and I come out here. I thought it was awesome. Loved it. Uh, offered me a full scholarship, come to Boise State. And I was like, well, this, this is where I'm going to go. But then the next week I had a, I had one more visit. I was going to go to Montana State in, in, Mon- in Bozeman, Montana. And I was like, all right, I'm going on that trip. Probably going to go to Boise, though. We'll see. And so I go out there. After that trip, uh, I, I was, then I was conflicted. And I got, a, I got a phone call right when I got back from that trip from Boise State, from the coach. And he said, uh, okay, you've been on your other trip. We need to know right now. Because this was like end of January. Signing date was like a, a week a week away, a week or two away. And uh, and he's like, we need to know right now. And I'm a 17-year-old sitting there on the phone having to make a decision that's like your life is at a, you're at a fork in the road. Your life's going to Idaho or your life's going to Montana. Right. What are you going to do? And I wasn't 100% sure what to do still at the time. But I remember I was I was down in my basement, walking around, talking to him on the phone, and he's like, "Well, you got to decide because we have some other guys. If you don't do it, then we're going to have to offer it to these other guys." And I said, "You know what? I can't make that decision right now. Um, I I I I I, I got to go the other direction because I just can't decide on Boise State right now." And so I went the other direction, decided to go to Montana State. He was shocked. <laughs> he was like, "Why would you go to Montana State?" They're not all that good. We're way better, bigger program. Um, he was shocked. And I said, no, I'm going to go to Montana State and went that direction. And, you know, it turns out it was the right decision. Yeah. Wow, man. Like hearing that, like that would be tough for a 17 year old, like you said, man. Like that's a tough decision. It's a lot of pressure to be put on your shoulders. And seemingly, like immediately, you kind of have to like just make the decision. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily like that approach, but um, from what they like the way that they approach that to you, but that's crazy. You had to make that decision. Now you did say it ended up being the right decision. We'll, we'll get into your college career here. Uh, but just for the listeners out there, you mentioned it was like the dirt cutter era, like Houston nut switching over to dirt cutter. Um, I'm a Boise state alum. Uh, that was when I was really little. I was in elementary school at the time, but I, I do remember, all of that used to go to all the games. I was there when Boise state sucked. I was there when they've been great. I've been there. Yeah. My whole life been going to Boise state games. 
Um, but I do remember that era. So it's kind of interesting to see, like there was a lot of energy around the program with, uh, with dirt coming in, even though it was a short, shorter stint, same as Houston nut. Um, but I just, I remember there was a lot of energy around the program. So to hear somebody that actually was part of that recruiting process is kind of cool. And you choose Montana state. So Boise state versus Montana state, you choose Montana state, small school, going to Montana, man. Like I've always told my, my dad always says, Oh, I want to move to Montana or and he'll, he'll either say Montana or Wyoming. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not ever going over there. Right. I don't understand it, but it ended up being the right decision for you. So talk to us about the transition when you go from high school over to the college level at, at Montana state, what was the transition? Like, was the, was it a better transition? Did you feel like you fit in pretty well or was the speed of the game pretty quick? Talk to us about that college transition from high school to that next level. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, and just taking a real quick step back, you know, and say just for those those young athletes who are watching, they're they're in this phase where they're getting recruited, trying to make these big life big life decisions where they want to go. Uh, you got to evaluate all the different variables, right? You can't just look at who gets more fans in the stands, who gets to go play against these really big schools, and gets to go to bowl games, and all of these things. You have to look at you know what what are the academics like. Does it, do they have the degree programs that you want? And what are the quality of those degree programs? That was a big factor for me. Um, I was always very into academics and, and I had a, a vision for my life, either in engineering or medical. And, and, and I didn't see that at Boise like I did at Montana State. Um, they just had some better programs there for those academics. The, the other part that I saw about it was I, I knew I could go to Boise State and at some point I'd probably play it maybe start. Um, but I knew that I could go to Montana state and I felt like I could start maybe as a freshman Oh wow! Okay. at the FCS level and maybe redshirt, but I felt like I could probably start or play for at least three or four years a lot. Um, and, and so I was like, okay, do you go somewhere where it's, you know, maybe I, maybe I start, maybe I don't, or do I go somewhere where I'm pretty confident I'll, I'll be able to be a starter and I'll have a lot of fun, get to play a lot. You know, so you, you got to look at a lot of a lot of other variables besides just what would get the fame or the notoriety or the bigger school and and that sort of thing. Um, and that that was why I tipped in favor of, you know, Montana State. It wouldn't have made a bad choice if I'd come come to Boise State. But it uh, turns out it, it, it ended up being the right decision because all those things that I assumed were the reason to go there ended up being exactly what I thought they would be. So but uh, mm -hmm. but I get there. Huge. <laughs> I get there to Montana State. And then I realized, man, if, if this is how how big and intimidating the guys are at Montana State, I can't imagine what it would have been like at Boise State. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're 17, 18 years old. You, you get there and, and you're looking up at these guys that are, you know, 22, maybe even 23. And, and these guys have gone through the full stages and they're like out of puberty. I'm still kind of, you know, in the beginning to middle yeah. of it. And there's a big difference a lot of times between a freshman who's barely 18 and a, a senior who might be 22, 23. I mean, during those years, there's some massive growth that happens in, in, in guys' bodies. And, uh, and so I get there and, and I'm seeing these giants, these just intimidating guys. And I'm like, wow, I, I get myself in over my head. Can I really start here? <laughs> um, and so that was a little bit of a shocker. But again, I just said, you know what? All I can do is control my attitude, my hard work, and just show up every day and uh, set goals for myself, keep myself accountable to those goals and do what I've always done my whole life and see where I can take it. And uh, so, so that was my first year experience of, of, of getting, to the, getting to that level. I ended up redshirting um, that year 
Uh, we had a lot of other running backs that were seniors and juniors that year ahead of me. I'm glad I did redshirt that year. Let's talk about redshirting as well, because some people don't realize this. I mean, here at Boise, we kind of get the feel of red shirts and gray shirts, but like major universities, you don't see a ton of red shirts and, and gray shirts for that matter. And like, I'm also a Buckeyes fan. That's a story for that day, a huge Ohio state guy, but, uh, you don't at those types of universities, a lot of the fans don't even realize like the whole gray shirting or red shirting. Um, but I've talked to people, other athletes who have red shirted themselves. I would love to get your insight on that. Do you feel like that was the right decision for you to grow mental, not, not mentally only, but like physically and mentally and academically for that matter, getting used to the, uh, getting acclimated to the student athlete, um, atmosphere, I guess, of, of collegiate athletics. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I needed that year. I needed that year just, just mentally, emotionally, um, a year of maturation, getting used to this, you know, living away from home in a totally different state. And I didn't know anybody, you know, in Montana and, uh, you know, getting used to the, 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 the daily grind and the, the schedule and juggling your academics and your social life and, and football. Uh, that was just where, where, what I needed at the time in my maturation level, you know, other guys might come in and they might be just so talented and so, you know, mentally and emotionally aware and, and, and prepared and um, to compete right away. And that wasn't me. I needed that. I needed that that year. And uh, it was the it was the perfect thing for me, for sure. That's so awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of variables to being a, a college athlete. I mean, there's yeah, like academics. There's then you get dating in the in the mix of it, too. You'll probably end up finding somebody there if that's important to people. And so you got the the girls, if you're, you know, going through that route and then you've got the sports themselves, it's a grind. I mean, and I mean, it's, it's crazy to see how much these athletes actually do. I mean, the practices take up a lot of time. You, you got to do your, your academics. And there's a lot of people out there, Ryan, that can't even do school by itself. Like, Oh, I've got 12 to 15 credits. I'm like, yeah. And then you're going to call athletes a bunch of dumb jocks. They've not only got, you know, 15 credits lined up, but they're also going to practices, watching film, doing this and that. Yeah, it's that's why I hate when they call them dumb jocks. There's a lot of it's there's a lot that goes into it. So that redshirt year, I'm I'm sure is you know for some people is is huge. Now the rest of your career, though, I mean, you had to have like that that redshirt year had to have been huge because the rest of your career was pretty solid. I mean, you're in the record books. So let's talk about that. Your whole experience at MSU. Let's talk about that and and hear about how well you did and the work that went on behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that that next year, so my 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 new freshman year, I guess, yeah. uh, to where I start started getting to play, I had some seniors still in front of me, and uh, but by the end of the year, you know, I just kept getting a little better, a little better, a little better. Speed of the game, I started catching up with the speed of the game, and that's what the coaches kept telling me. They're like, "You're just a step behind. You're just a step behind." Where I would see the hole and then go, like, but what I needed to be able to do was to be able to anticipate the flow of the defense and how the blocks were lining up and plant my foot and make the cut and go before the hole opened so that I'd be there as the hole was opening and be through it before it closed. Cause all that happened so much quicker than it did in high school. In high school, I could just rely on my, my size, my strength, my speed, my aggression, all of those things. I was a run, I was a little over six foot. I was 200 plus pounds as a senior running back in high school. And I run them four or five, you know, so I, I was just, I could just go out and it didn't matter. I was just faster and stronger than most people. So, and in, in college, it's like, yeah, everybody's running four or five right. or four, four, six. And, and so I had to be able to, you know, get into that second gear in a moment's notice. And that really, I found was what separated the, 
the good athlete from the the great running back you know was that 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 ability to anticipate and read make reads which i didn't really learn in high school the coaching obviously isn't as good in high school so i didn't even know what to look for it's just like hey run hard run fast you know and so now it's like no you actually have to be a student of of the game and and, and get more reps and to be able to you know uh see what's happening before it even happens and anticipate it and go and so that was what i learned during that freshman year and so when i started just started clicking for me and so those last few games of my freshman year i was starting over the seniors and and so you know that gave me the confidence heading into my sophomore year where it was like all right here we go i got to start a little bit as a freshman and now those seniors are gone and this is me this is me going into that going into that sophomore year how much time would you say you put into the film room? Like how big was film back then for you? Like trying to learn all those things or was it more so on the field, just trying to get used to the anticipation and yeah. the speed of the game? Yeah. Film room was just what, what our, our position coaches, whatever they had in our team meetings, offensive team meetings, and then position coach meetings. I didn't put any extra in outside of that, that freshman year. I started doing much more of that as I got to my junior and my senior year um, on my own, where I'd go in extra and do more. Um, but running back is one of those positions. It's so instinctual right. and it's so repetition based uh, versus a, a quarterback or even wide receiver where you really have to understand defenses at a whole different level, you know, where to position yourself on the field and how to set guys up based on, you know, the cornerback, for instance, covering you, that's going to be covering you in the game, how to set that person up based on their tendencies. So receiver and quarterback, even line, even the offensive lineman, um, those are some of the smartest guys on the field, the offensive linemen, right? So I, I kind of think if you're, if you're not that, uh, smart running back's a great position. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say that, but, uh, you know, you don't have to think a whole lot, you know, your assignment and then you have to learn some things, which I did from what I didn't understand in high school, but it's so instinctual. And, and it's just repetition and building that instinct and anticipation more than anything else. The assignments are just, they're really simple. There's not a, there's not a whole lot of, um, you know, extra knowledge you need to be able to do that, that position. Totally. I gotcha. I gotcha. So now you've gone through two full years. You've got your red shirt year, your actual full freshman year. So your red shirt freshman season going into sophomore year, you're going to be the big dog uh, taking over, you know, the, the reps there as the starting mm -hmm. running back. How did this transition for the rest of your career from sophomore, junior, senior year for you? Well, this is interesting. So this is, this is some more challenges and more adversity. So I had last, I counted nine different position coaches in my time in college and two different head coaches and the whole staff turned tons of staff turnover. Um, we weren't very good at the time. I think my, that freshman year where I was playing, I think we went three and eight. And then the next year going in my sophomore year, we're like, okay, here, I'm going to be the starter. This is going to be great. Well, then our, our co whole coaching staff got fired. Wow. And my favorite coach, one of the, one of the other reasons I came to Montana, I didn't mention before was because of Jim McElwain. And so you may have heard of Jim McElwain, right? He was a, you know, a coach at Alabama, the offensive coordinator, at Alabama, and he's been a head coach, highest level. And, in the professionals uh, at NFL level as well. He was my recruiter. He, he recruited me to Montana State. Wow. And uh, so he got fired. He was gone. And it was like everything that I had come for in terms of football was just like wiped away. A whole new coaching staff comes in. And the new coaching staff, when they came in, they 
literally got rid of more than half of the team and left us with only two seniors. When you say got rid two. of, did they just cut everybody? Cut they cut them. Oh, wow. And they, they, and they brought in like more new players than we had on the team in, in scholarships and walk-ons. <laughs> they like did a complete washing of everything. They obviously didn't think we had great talent. <laughs> Somehow I got to stay. But anyways, you know, this was a this was like a, a major, you know, change for a guy that's getting ready to, you know, go in and is excited to be a starter and all of this takes place going into that year. And two seniors, we had no leadership internally on the team. Wow. And uh, and so we go into that year, don't know what's gonna happen, and we did not win a game. We went over. We went man. 0 and 11. Goose and I got injured halfway through the year. I was actually having a good year. I think I had almost 700 yards, like five or six games into it. So I was actually having a good year. And then I missed the next four games. And I think I came back and played the last game barely. And so it was kind of starting to be reminiscent of what had happened to me in high school, my sophomore right. year um, in high school, sophomore year in college, same kind of thing was going on. And uh, so after that year, I, I considered transferring, seriously considered transferring. I was looking, is there another school that I could go to? Cause this just is not looking like it's going the direction I want it to go. Um, but just talked to a lot of, a lot of different advisors and counselors and people there and, and um, just decide, you know what, I'm going to stick it out and see what we can do. You know, let's, let's start clean this next year, see where we can take it. We're rebuilding this program. And if I could be a part of that and, be able to turn it around, go from Ofer. Imagine if we could go from Ofer and within a year or two, by the time I'm a senior, what if we could win the big sky? What, what if we could go to the playoffs? What if we could turn this program around? And so I decided to stick it out just like, you know, I had done in, in high school and stay there and turned out to be the right decision. Yeah, that's super hard. Like I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about it myself. I mean, you went through a similar situation in high school where you had this like mental grind and decided, how should I transfer over here to Denver? What you stayed college, you're getting to that next level. What people don't might not realize is like, maybe you can elaborate on this before the whole coaching set. You said nine different position coaches. Is that right? Nine, that yeah, nine me. different running back coaches over my course of my four and a half or five years, nine different position coaches. Can, can you elaborate on this a little bit? Because people like have heard this before about Alex Smith, for example, former 49ers running back or quarterback. Sorry. He's now with the Washington whatever you want to call him, football team, Washington football team. But uh, he was drafted by the Niners. And he there was like eight offensive coordinators that he had during his first nine seasons with the Niners. And people didn't realize like how tough that would be. So maybe someone who's been in a similar situation, different position, albeit, but like in a different uh, type of a coach. But can you explain why that's difficult to have that many different coaches, uh, position coaches at your position? Like how does that affect you as a player? Yeah. Um. You know, for me, I had, I've always had, I always had such a strong vision for where I wanted to go that it was almost like, no matter who, no matter who comes in here to coach me, I'm going to, I'm going to respect them. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to see what I can gain, what I can learn from them. And maybe I get a chance to learn from a lot of different perspectives. Maybe that helped me looking back on it to be able to hear from a lot of different perspectives. So I try to take the optimistic approach with it, but I, I can't, I'm not going to lie and say it was easy. Uh, there was there's certain coaches that you gel with and there's certain coaches that, you know, you kind of butt heads with and it, it does, and you don't gel with. And um, the great coaches are able to adapt their coaching style 
to each individual player. The ones who aren't so great uh, just say, this is my philosophy and this is how I do it and everyone's got to fall in line. That's a bad coach. And so I got to experience both sides of it. And so going into my junior year, uh, ended up having a, um, uh, a really great coach, a lot of experience, and he really was knowledgeable, set me up for a lot of success. Um, I, had, I had a great year that year. Uh, I think I had almost 1,600 yards rushing and 200-something receiving, and, and I set the records for the university at, at my position for a single season in a lot of different categories. And it was, uh, it was a fun year. I, one of my games, I had 275 yards. It was against Idaho state actually. And, uh, and so I had a bunch of 200 yard games and, and, and so that was just a, an amazing year it was a breakout breakthrough year. Um, and so after that year, I said, shoot, I might have a chance to actually play professionally. And that was really the big dream all along since I was a kid, I want to play in the NFL. Right, that was the big goal. And uh, after that year, I started getting on the radar. And so I started, we started having scouts that were from the NFL that would be at our practices. And coach would tell me, hey, XYZ team, scouts, they're going to be here today watching practice, watching you. And, and so, you know, you're gearing up for practice. Like, I got to ball out and practice, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and so, uh, so that was exciting. And I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I, this is my chant, my senior year. I can top what I did, you know, my junior year. Um, but actually taking a little step back going into that year, uh, we, we had a coach in spring ball, a new coach that that came in and he, me and him, we did not see eye to eye. He was, we were not a good match. <laughs> that position coach. I, I was, and at, at that point I said, if this guy comes literally my, I cannot, I can't handle this. Um, but there was some other running backs that loved the guy. They're like, this is the best coach we've ever had at position. Like, what coach. are we seeing in this guy? <laughs> yeah, but he was he was just like, that's why the people who resonated with that loved it. And then the people who didn't fit with him didn't. But he said, this is how I coach. Then you fit in. You got to fall in line what I do. Right. And so I was like, man, senior year is going to be, oh, with this guy. And then I come in right when fall camp starts and, and uh, coach, head coach is like, hey, guess what? You guys got another coach now. <laughs> That guy took a job at UW in Washington and uh, went over there. He's, he's, he's a coach at USC now and he's coached all over the place. So he's obviously successful, but we got this other coach in that was like the perfect fit for me. And, and I mean, we were just, it was the best match ever. It was a match made in heaven for a run for a, for a running back coach and his running back. It was just, it was perfect. And so that, 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 uh, you know, turn that year into a whole different experience my senior year by having him. Um, and so, uh, you know, that year had a good year. Uh, I'm having some injuries, missed a few games. So it wasn't quite the year that I had my junior year statistically, but I still had well over a thousand yards. And, and, um, but the greatest part of, of it all was that as a team, two years before we were 0 and 11. Next year, we were like 500. And then my senior year, we won the conference championship. We beat our nemesis, the Montana Grizzlies, the in-state rivalry, and they had beaten us 16 years in a row. Wow. And we ended the streak and we beat them. This was back when you, you, when Montana was either in the national championship or that every year or every other year and or winning it or taking second every year. 
And so they were just the dominant for almost two decades. They were the dominant school in the state. And so we beat them to win the conference championship. We went to the playoffs. Um, it was it was awesome. And, you know, so that that experience of that turnaround, just going from the worst of the, the basement dwellers of the Big Sky Conference to the top two years later was just it made it all worthwhile. Dude, that's that's super cool because you were just talking about that. Like, you know, you're about to transfer. You had this whole restructure, basically. It's almost like a company gutting everything out, whole different leadership team. And you stayed because you had this vision of what could potentially happen, you know, if you stayed and were able to be part of the whole journey. I'm sure that was super, super cool just being part of it and being an integral part of it for that matter. Um, is, is this accurate still? It said that you had become... MSU's all-time leading rusher with 3,646 yards. Yep. Yeah, that still stands. So that's uh, almost 20 years. That's almost that's almost stood. So Ryan, you are MSU's all-time leading rusher at 3,600 yards. Like, people, are we hearing this? 3,600 yards, and that's with, like, injuries. You were talking about you had games where you were sitting out, seasons where you were sitting out some of the games. Like, you didn't even play full season sometimes. Like, 3646 yards is a pretty unbelievable career. Like I 1500 yards in 2001 is that your junior year it seems like yeah that was I think that was your junior year 1500. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious man and you were a big part of the, that resurgence beating Montana the in-state rival big time thing there. Did you end up uh, so now okay we also got to talk about you have this crazy career. Obviously you stayed at the school, you you got you know you got it out, did the whole entire thing. And uh, now we're in the Hall of Fame for that school. And uh, uh, a big part of that, um, you're in the record books, man. All-time leading rusher. You're in the Hall of Fame. And um, tell us a little bit more about, like, your overall feelings. You said it was the right decision for you. Did it ultimately get you to the NFL? Or did it get you to the profession that you wanted because you talked about academics? Yeah, yeah, great question. So uh, heading into that year, I was first-team preseason All-America. And I remember when they told me in the office, like, hey, guess what? Just came out today. The preseason All-American list. You're number one running back. You're expected to be the the first team All-American for FCS football. And uh, so I was up for the Walter Payton Award that year. And Tony Romo took first. (laughs) I think I got – I think I was – by the end of the year, because of the injuries, I think I was like eight on the the list for the Walter Payton Award. It's kind of like the Heisman of FCS, basically. Um, And uh, and so – you know, that was, that was pretty cool, you know, to see what he's gone on and done and some of those, those guys that were a part of that. But, um, you know, I still had some opportunities and uh, I actually got a phone call from um, the San Diego Chargers and the Indianapolis Colts the day before the NFL draft in April, 2003. And uh, at that point I had basically checked out, even though my dream had been NFL. Like that's, that's what I, that's what I've always wanted. These injuries had caught up with me and it was basically, I, in my senior year, I, I wouldn't practice most of the week if at all. And then I would just play on Saturday and I'll drag myself through the week and play on Saturday. <laughs> and then I missed a few games again, my, that senior year because of injury. And I was just like, I don't think I can take this anymore. Mentally, it had taken a, a toll on me. Emotionally, it had taken a toll on me. And so by the end of that year, I didn't do any of the pro days because I just checked out. So I didn't, they came, they were doing the testing. A lot of my friends were doing the pro days and they're like, well, you coming to the pro day? No, I'm not doing it. 
And so people were shocked when I turned down those two, those, those two teams. Cause they said, Hey, you're on our draft board, both the, Ch- the chargers and the Colts. When they called me here on our draft board, tomorrow's a draft. Uh, are you still want to play because you didn't do the pro days. No one really knows exactly what you've been doing, but we got you on our board and uh, you know, we'd love to, to bring you in um, you know, whether that's draft or maybe bring you in as a free agent after the draft. And I just told him, you know what? Uh, my career's over. I'm done. I'm moving in a new direction in my life. And, you know, to, to get to that, to work your entire life towards really one goal. And that's a dream since I was five years old, watching what my, my, you know, my, my dad had done and my uncle and my, 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 now my brother-in-law, my sister's husband who went and played professionally. And I was going to go on that track, you know, to, to get to that point, it was kind of reminding me of when I was at that fork in the road, deciding am I going to Boise state or I'm going to Montana state. I get a phone call from two teams within an hour. And it's like, you're telling these teams that you're going in another direction. Right. Yet that had been your dream your entire life. You know, that's, that's so, super tough. That's super tough. And, um, and I mean, I commend you for taking that, that route. What was the other route? You said you were done with football. Uh, you kind of hit that point where, you know, you'd worked for all of it. You had a pretty, you know, awesome statistical career as well. I mean, you had a great collegiate career. You got these pro teams calling you. Uh, but what was the other route that you, you decided to go with? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times your, your, your backstory determines what matters to you and the mission that you take on in your life. And so I'd had those injuries, missed my whole sophomore year in, in football in high school. Um, and then I had multiple injuries and missed lots of games throughout my uh, college career. And through all those struggles, I developed a passion for healing my own body, trying to figure out how can I do this? How can I, how can I continue to play even though I'm, I'm so beat up and feel so bad? And so I went into uh, physical therapy. So I went and, and I got a, a master's and then a doctorate degree in physical therapy. And uh, my mission really became, I wanted to make sure no one else that I would be in contact with would have to say no to their dream because of their failing body. Oh, I love that. What had happened to me. And so that really became my mission was to help prevent other people from having to experience what I experienced and give up on a dream. And so that's why I went that direction. Uh, I considered medical school as well, but I felt like I had more freedom within this other route to do a lot of different things versus just being in a hospital or a clinic as a physician. And and plus, I was so into fitness. My dream was to, to start a, a physical therapy practice and to have it be a center where I had um, uh, performance training for athletes and nutrition center combined with the rehab. And, and that was more exciting to me than going into the, the medical school, going that route. And so, so that's the direction that I took. And, um, you know, it was def- absolutely, you know, the right decision for me. Uh, I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say for a year or two when I was walking around campus in grad school that I didn't look at some of the players that, you know, I was up for various awards with playing in the NFL (laughs) and watch them on TV and be like, did I really make the right decision? (laughs) Right. But, uh, but so I, but, 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 you know, within a few years, I realized like, there's no way my body was, I I would be miserable. And this is definitely the right direction. So I think I commend you for that because you made a decision that's um, obviously it's, you know, it's been the right decision as you look at it hindsight. Now it's all, it's all worked itself out. But at the time, I mean, 
you got to make a decision that's right for the longevity of your body to a lot of professional athletes. They, they have their careers. I mean, but in the NFL, the average spans less than three. Um, you know, obviously you got some people that are journeymen that continue to play on and get to their second contracts and so forth. And that's more into the in, in-depth stuff of, of, uh, contracts and, and just careers. But, um, the whole point is a lot of those guys I've talked to them. I've talked to David Irving, former Dallas Cowboy that, uh, I mean, to this day, he still, and he didn't even play that much to be quite frank, but he, he battled, he's ha- his hands are all busted up his his ankles broken and, uh, never healed properly. Massive concussions. There's a lot of things that are hindering that guy. And he didn't even play that, that much. If you really think about it. So, um, sometimes those professional sports, especially if you know your own body, you've already gone through those injuries. You made the right decision for the longevity because now you can say like you know, almost 15, 20 years later, look at what you're doing. Hence the name, Dr. Ryan Johnson. We said that yeah. earlier. You got to hear why we've got the Dr. Ryan Johnson. Now you, you went through it. You're, you got the physical therapy stuff. You've, you've gotten into that realm and, uh, you're the founder of athlete resurrected. Talk to us about mm-hmm. athlete resurrected, Ryan. This has been so, super mm-hmm. cool to kind of hear your sports journey and how it got into this field, but what's athlete resurrected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll, I'll transition to that real quick. Uh, is, is the ironic thing is, after I got done with my graduate degree, I went and started working with the Broncos and, and I was uh, about a mile from their facility where we had an athletic performance training center called Velocity. And so that was like the hub for Denver. where We had a lot of the Denver Nuggets. We had the Broncos. We had the Colorado Rockies that I was doing treatment on in, okay. in physical therapy. And then I was working with the performance coaches that they would go out and work with during the off season, especially on improving their athleticism and, and, uh, and things like that. And so um, you know, that was, I ended up treating, you know, those guys that had, that, that were at that level. Uh, but what I found I loved more than anything else wasn't treating professional athletes. It was, it was the high school kid. And then it, it was their, their parent who was a former athlete, but was still struggling with shoulder issues or knee issues, back problems, you know, or, or it was the college athlete who, uh, was just trying to get back to be able to play another year, um, in the off season. They were coming in to work, work work with us in the rehab process, and so uh, so I did that in Denver for a while, and and then once I um, uh, started my own practice, I was headed that direction. I had I was going to take it in the direction I wanted to go. Have my own performance training center, and I moved back to Bozeman, Montana, and I started my own private practice. And I was also teaching full time at the university in the same program I had gone through the exercise science degree program. I was teaching full time all the exercise science courses that I had taken just a few years earlier. So they hired me to do that, which is pretty cool. That is cool. And then I had my private practice. And so I was in two gyms, my private practice. I was looking to acquire some employees and start just going in the direction of that, that dream. And then I realized that uh, my own body had continued to fail me in that eight, nine year period since I had got done playing college football. I lost 50 pounds of muscle. I gained 10 pounds of fat. I was inflamed everywhere. All those old injuries just continued to get worse. I couldn't jog without um, a, a turf toe injury that had nagged me um, in, in my college career, just flaring up on me. I stopped exercising for nine years. I did literally zero exercise for nine years wow. because everything I did, push up, uh, squat, it, it didn't matter what, sit up, didn't matter what it was, uh, I would be just a wreck afterwards. And so I was just on a downward spiral with my health, yet I was helping other people get healthy, right. but I couldn't take care of myself and treat myself. And, and, and so, you know, I needed, a, I needed something to turn all that around. 
And I realized the thing that I had been missing the entire time, high school, college, after, after I got done playing was the nutritional side. And I needed to get that under control. I needed to start helping my body heal itself. I needed to start reducing inflammation systemically in my body. I need to start providing those right, the right nutrients in the right way, the right timing to start helping my body repair and rebuild itself. And, and so I started getting, get started focusing on that. And I had, I got a lot of mentors in my life, uh, who, who taught me, uh, things that, that I didn't know, even though I was, you know, teaching at the university level. Um, I, I, I was picking the brains of all kinds of different physicians and clinicians and nutritionists. And uh, I learned a system that ended up turning it all around for me. And I ended up regaining a huge amount of that muscle back. I trimmed off the fat I had gained. The inflammation went down everywhere throughout my body. Now I've been working out uh, in the gym six days a week for the last nine years. And I'm, I'm now the leanest and healthiest that I've ever been. Wow. And I, I turned it all around. So really, I, I lived the athlete resurrected story. And so that's what I created as my brand. My brand is Dr. Ryan Johnson, Athlete Resurrected. And what my real mission has become is still coming out of that original focus when I got done with college was to help make sure no one has to say no to their dream because of a failing body. Well, now it's kind of evolved into this with Athlete Resurrected, where it's really helping former athletes resurrect their younger athletic body so that they can rise up and win in the next season of their life. And so I really targeted it, targeted into that former athlete who I want to help most because that's who I was, you know, and oftentimes the people that you can help the most are the ones who are living the story that you've discovered a way out of it. And you can go back and help bring those people and bring those people up and pull them up, help them to rise up and empower them and equip them, equip them with the information and knowledge and motivation and inspiration that they need to really just take back control of their body, take take back control of their health. And that, that is my passion. Like that's the thing that just lights me up more than anything else is to take people who were, who are where I was nine years ago and lift them up out of that. And so, so that's what it is. It's bigger than a transformation. It's, it's a resurrection. Oh man, that is deep. I like that a lot. Ryan, where, where, if somebody wants to, you know, take advantage of the services you provide, where can they find you, man? Yeah, you, you can follow me on social, but you can also go to drryanjohnson.com. Okay. So, and if you were to go to athleteresurrected.com, then that would redirect you over to drryanjohnson.com. So, uh, that's a, a there, there's some things I'm doing there right now I'm really excited about that are, that are um, uh, going to help pe provide people some of these tools that, uh, that, that I'm using and a whole new system that I'm developing around this that uh, I, I know is just going to change countless lives, um, especially, you know, focusing in on that market of, of uh, the former athlete who many times, you know, feel stuck and they don't, they really don't know what to do and they don't know how to pull all the pieces into place to be able to get themselves where they want to go with their health and with their body. And uh, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm, that's who I'm here to serve. That is so awesome. I'm going to put your links here in our description uh, to follow you on social as well as go to uh, drryanjohnson.com so that people can check it out. Um, before we wrap it up, man, this has been awesome. Just hearing your story is super, super cool. Um, you know, you're open and honest about injuries and kind of the path your life took. And, um, I think it's, uh, it's super inspiring, but I want to know the number one lesson sports taught you now that, you know, you have your profession, you got your brand, having gone through everything that you've gone through. If you could pick one thing, what was the number one thing that sports taught you? Mm. 
that sports is a training is a training ground for life. It's a training ground for life, and and uh, I guess I, I didn't understand that looking back as a kid and in high school, started to understand it in college, but you don't really realize how much of a of a of a training ground for life that it is until you're you're done and you're moving on to the next season of your life. And then you can look back on it and say, man, like that was, that was the best thing that I ever could have done to help myself become the man or become the woman that I want to be, um, you know, as a husband or wife or in, as, a, as a father or a, or a mother, as a friend, as, or as a, a business associate or an employer. <clears throat> sports, sports can teach you all those things if you let it. If you'll if you'll allow it to do its work on you, and you'll respect your coaches, and you, you're you're humble, and you're coachable, you're teachable, you're willing to learn, and you're willing to put in the effort and have the right attitude, it's absolutely the best training ground for life. And that's why I love that you know we have my my own kids. I'm a 14 year old, an 11 and a half year old, and and we got them in sports. Um, no matter where that takes them, whether to college or professionally doesn't really matter all, as much as it matters the, the lessons that they're going to be able to learn, you know, through those experiences and the relationships they're going to be able to, uh, to, to create that could become lifelong friendships and the people they'll be able to impact through it and the people they'll be able to be impacted by, by being a part of sport. Man, that whole entire thing you just said should be like my whole like advertisement for my show. I think Everything you just said right there, I 100% agree. And I love how you mentioned, if you let it. Um, it can be a training ground for life if you let it. And I think if you guys are paying attention, there's a lot of stuff you said in this interview, Ryan, that that are those training. I mean, we discussed it, but you were just going through the story, just your story alone. If you pick a couple of things, you can say, oh, yeah, dude, like that happens in my business life. Well, that's a relationship thing because, you know, I don't get along with my coach, but I get along with it. You know, and there's a lot of things that can happen um, that you take from it if you let it. Um, mm -hmm. Man, and... And I know I got to, I got to appreciate your time or sorry, respect your time here. And I know it's gone over and I really just appreciate you, Ryan, uh, being willing to join us. Um, I just want to, I want to say thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for joining the game time guru podcast and, and sharing your story with the rest of the listeners, because that is exactly what the show is about as we deliver a panoramic view on sports, help people see sports through a different lens. And in this case, it shows them that it can teach you a lot of life lessons if you let it, and then you can go on to do big things like you're doing right now. So I just want to say thank you for joining the show. Oh, you're welcome, man. It's my pleasure. I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, I think we we have a we can we can help a lot of the same people, you know, with with what you're doing with the Game Time Guru podcast. When I heard of it and I started looking into it a little bit, I was like, oh, man, this this, this guy got to get to know this guy because he he's 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 making an impact and you know coming at it from maybe a slightly different angle than what I do, you know, from a real focus on kind of the health and the, the body restoration side. Um, but but you're teaching a lot of life lessons just through these interviews and these stories that that people are coming on and they're sharing. So, yeah, appreciate you for for, you know, being on similar mission. No, absolutely, my man. Absolutely. For all those who are listening, make sure to go follow Ryan. Uh, go check out his stuff. Again, I'll put his stuff here in the, in the description. Get all the links here. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. We'll be coming at you every single Friday with a new interview. And uh, we just appreciate everybody's time. And we'll talk to you next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.